The Theonauts, episode 25. The one where we eat angel food cake and it is heavenly. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theo Crowncasters. Nice. Hey, David, how you doing? (laughs) Good. How's it going there, Jeremiah? All right. So I am David Gaddy. I am Jeremiah Ord. And together we are the, the Theonauts. <laughs> oh no, is that, that was pretty powerful is today. That epic sounding. You're, yeah, you're you're epical. Is that a word? In a world <laughs> full of deceit there are and ignorance. The redeemed. The Theonauts. <laughs> That's great. It's great. Okay. So, uh, all right. How's your week been? It's been good. Yeah? Yeah, it's been busy. Oh, cool thing. Yeah. Minisodes are out. Woo! Yes, we... Yeah, I heard, I heard from our uh, awesome friend, that science guy. What's his name? Lincoln von Schlupenolsen. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he sounded pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, I was worried about his lab boiling over, but uh, the, but the uh, information was out of this world, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fun. You guys can look forward to... Um, well, give us some feedback first. Let us know what we think. Right. But, but uh, you can look forward to some more... Um, character-driven mini-sodes. Yeah, there's a... I, I have a good friend, Professor Ticklebottom, that's waiting in the wings to do one, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But uh, anyways, yeah, that was really good. I like that. Yeah, um, we're going to have some fun with it. Try and be uh, informational, and but lighthearted. Right. And something that, you know, it's not going to take up a big chunk of your time. We're not going to inundate you with the O-Not. Just give you a little teaser to wet your whistle midweek it's like a like a little snippet a little kick in the pants if you will <laughs> it's great it's great so my week's been pretty good really how's it going dude i uh i did the best wednesday night last night it was so fun last night yeah we did uh i you know for those of you who don't know i'm a youth pastor and i teach and um one of one of my things wednesday night we have youth group and a bunch of kids come and i get to tell about jesus and whatever it's it's the best job in the world. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, this this past Wednesday, I did a uh, a thing about um, <laughs> believe it or not, Back to the Future. Ah, I Ma- used Marty McFly. Marty McFly. I'm mostly Biff Tam Biff Tamman. Tamlin. <laughs> what are you looking at, Butthead? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who you calling Butthead? Butthead. <laughs> So good. I used a clip from that, and uh, I uh, I posted it on Facebook, and Brendan, um, he was like all curious to find out what it was. Basically, from our friends over at Finding Christ in Cinema. Yep, FCC going strong, man. So, uh, anyways, basically, I used the analogy that you know in Back to the Future Two when Biff finds uh, our old Biff steals the DeLorean and goes back in time and gives young Biff that almanac, the sports almanac. (laughs) Right. He's like, all you have to do is bet on the winner in this book and all your dreams will come true is what he says. And uh, so I use that as an analogy of the Bible. 
Okay. If we have the book and we know what's going to happen in the end, everybody's concerned with all this oh, ISIS wow. stuff and all this other stuff. But if we have the book and we're betting on the winner, yeah, then what do we have to worry about? All our dreams are going to come true. And the reality is, is why aren't we living like that? You know, mm-hmm. why don't we have that mm-hmm. much faith in, in what the Bible says is right? And so. Uh, it was really that's fun. cool. Yeah, was, that's an awesome dude. It was way to yeah. God gave me that. In. I loved it. But I, finding Christ in Back to the Future. Exactly. So FCC guys, you should there, totally you do Back to the Future. Put that on your list, guys. <laughs> we want to hear it. I do. And uh, Brendan had a good idea of uh, relating Biff's uh, empire to the Tower of Babel. So uh, oh. I'd love to see that played out, man. You can nice. do that. So, anyways, that's what's been happening this week. Cool. <laughs> and now the news. Well, we've been talking about Lecrae in the news, but uh, Lecrae. We, we've never brought up a, a guy by the name of Young Jeezy. <laughs> Young what, Jeezy. What? Young Jeezy. <laughs> Young Jeezy is not a Christian rapper. In fact, he's a He's a uh, rapper from the secular realm, um, and his his album came out at the same time as Lecrae, and is number two on the Billboard. Uh, now is this a hip hop Billboard? Oh yeah. Oh, so we're not talking about like. I think it's the hip hop, but okay. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, he he actually did come in second to Lecrae, which I loved, but uh, he's getting sued by a pastor. Right now, TD Jakes. I never heard of TD Jakes. He has the yeah, Shepherd yeah. Chapel in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty close to us, actually. And uh, he's he's more he's in the charismatic vein, and he's kind of like a um, uh, prosperity gospel pastor. If oh you know. yeah. Okay, and so anyways, but not quite. You know, <laughs> to the extreme of some. He's of our... straddling the fence. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's one of those faith guys. And I'm all about faith, but he takes it a little far. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so T.D. Jakes found out that on Jeezy's new album, uh, they've sampled a 20 seconds of T.D. Jakes' message and put it on one of his songs. <laughs> I kid you not. Uh, the song is called Holy Ghost. And uh, on the remix, basically, they take his... And the whole song is about how, you know, you struggle, you struggle, and God, please forgive me because I'm a thug and all this. Uh I mean, there's a bunch of cussing in it, but it has a kind of a positive message if you you want to look at it, you know, struggling for godliness in the midst of worldliness and anything. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so um, the... uh, the 22nd clip is an excerpt of a 2013 message where T.D. Jakes says, to tell myself I'm still on fire, I'm under attack, but I'm still on fire. I got some chatter, but I'm still on fire. I got some threat, but I'm still on fire. I got some liabilities, but I'm still on fire. If it's not amazing that I'm not, I'm on fire, I've been to hell and back, but I'm still on fire. So anyways, he took that 20-second clip. Now we're probably going to get sued, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, because now you're sampling him. Yeah, but give so. props to T.D. Jakes for saying that. Anyway, so he's uh, upset there. And it brings about this great debate um, because actually um, people have been looking into this, how much of the pastor's sermon is copyrighted or owned. Mm -hmm. Whenever you preach on Sunday morning, 
It's not copyrighted. It's a public forum. It's right. public forum, so they can take and so people have asked the question and. But the que- but, but part of that would be who recorded it, right? Because if the if his church or whatever recorded it, then it technically it could be considered copyright of the church, right? But it's and so the question is: is, is it public domain? Um, uh, a uh, attorney, Jonathan. Or fair use. Curtis said, yeah, fair use. Mm-hmm. He said, generally speaking, it is fair use in the context of a song to copy elements of someone else's work in order to make a point that amounts to commentary. Right. Because copyright infringement was is actually legally about not profiting from someone else's work. Right. And so it's different if you are making social commentary on the work or on the... So, right. yeah, so that, that's... He's got a good point. But so. if he takes a 20-second clip of what the guy's actually saying. Now, he can, now he might be able to, to nail him for something like slander or, or, uh, Lib- yeah. or libel. Well, he's not written, so it's not libel. But hmm. but he could you know hit him for slander or something like that, I would think. But well, I don't know. It's just prompted me to think that I should. Not a lawyer. Have. Don't know. Right. Well, you, if you know, if you're call a, us. If you're a Theo lawyer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it has prompted me to go ahead and write a disclaimer out before all my sermons I'm going to I'm gonna read before, <laughs> before each message. Just void case. Where for, where, where, <laughs> void where prohibited. Yeah. See license for details. Not, a, not available in all states. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. So, a uh, couple other things. I, I just think it's funny. I don't have anything serious, but... Let's see here. There's going to be a Tetris movie for some reason. What? <laughs> I kid you not. First, we have Battleship. <laughs> not no. only that. Yeah, it's so they've. Uh, uh, this comes from Relevant Magazine. Relevant Magazine talked to. Um, you know what would be cool is if it was just blocks falling for two hours. <laughs> you get all excited. <laughs> you go in there with your popcorn and your drink, and then you see. Tetris on the screen. You play, With Russian music in the background. Right, that'd be so awesome. No, but actually, the, the big budget, they say it's going to be a big budget adventure film. The studio CEO told uh, Relevant Magazine that it's a very big, epic sci-fi movie. This isn't a movie about a bunch of lines running around a page. We're not giving feet to the geometric shapes. So I'm wondering what in the world they could do with Tetris to make it a big budget movie. Now, we've seen other video games for movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Resident Evil, for exist, uh, example. Yeah. Or, you Mario know, Brothers. Mario Brothers. They've tried to do Halo <laughs> as a movie. Yeah, Mario Brothers. Oh, my goodness. That, that Mortal was, Kombat. Oh, so horrible. Uh, Technically, just to be safe, you should never go watch a video game turn movie because usually they're just horrible. Yeah. But we haven't seen a Donkey Kong movie yet. That's true. That might be a good one. <laughs> but King Kong's close, right? <laughs> yeah, but you're not like especially Jack Black's version. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is kind of like Donkey Kong. It's very close to Donkey Kong. Uh, anyways, so uh, yeah, be on the lookout for the Tetris movie. Um, the the theatrical trailer for Exodus just came out. Yes, and it's supposed cool. to be pretty epic. I'm really excited that Ridley Scott's actually taken hold of this and is mm-hmm. making it an epic. So. That'll be out in December, but go check out the uh, the trailer the trailer for that. And then one other thing based on 
not even a video game, but an app video game, there's an Angry Birds movie coming out. <laughs> Is it animated? Because I, I can kind of understand a little well, bit if that was like... Jason Sudeikis, uh, Maya Rudolph, Bill Hader, and Tony Hale are going to be... I don't know any of those names. You don't know Jace, Jason Sudeikis? I don't guess so. Really? Who is he? I, um, oh, he's a TV star, and I forget the name of the TV program he's on. I, I mean, I recognize his face, huh. but I don't, I don't remember the... It's some TV. Anyways, it is. It's going to be animated. They're going to be voicing... Jason Sudeikis is going to be the voice of Red, the leader of the flock. <laughs> Danny McBride is going to be Bomb. Bill Hader is going to be the pig. Bill Hader, Bill Hader uh, was on uh, SNL for so long. Oh yeah, okay. He did the, the what's the name of the, the character he did on a Weekend Update where he'd play the the guy t- talking about New York, <laughs> the hottest club. It's going to be you know whatever. I <laughs> think. <laughs> You do this huge thing. So funny. Anyway, so, yeah, be on the lookout for Angry Birds and Tetris. And then, you know, go see Exodus because it's actually going to be good. Cool. That's pretty much all the news I really? have. Really? All right. Well, guess what? Voicemail. Yes. We got some voicemail. You ready to hear it? Yeah. Bring Let's, it on. Bring it on. Here we go. You ready? Uh, hello, Theo Knox. I was calling to inform you of a factual error in your latest podcast, number 24. You see, there there never was a year zero in history. It doesn't exist. So when you refer to it, you're sadly mistaken. Also, the substance vellum that you are referring to is actually indeed calf skin. I thought I'd call you and let you know that fact and so cure you of your ignorance. So what do you think there, Jeremiah? Wow. <laughs> Who was that? Man, I tell you what. That guy was so knowledgeable. Thank you so much. We should have him as a guest on Theonize. You would think so. Here's yeah. the rest of the voicemail, by the way. This has been a voicemail from your friend Riley from back in episode 13. <laughs> Peace out, Neophytes. <laughs> Okay, so Riley from... Oh, man. He joined us on episode 13 here yeah. in the studio. We talked about music and all. <laughs> he called in to correct us on our... And secure us in our ignorance. You know what that is? <laughs> That's the student overcoming the teacher right there. Way to go, Riley. Good job, buddy. Oh, awesome. my goodness. <laughs> so next time I refer to year zero, I'll have to remember you. That's right. Or vellum. 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 <laughs> Being... Pigskin, yeah, <laughs> or calfskin. What was yes, it again? Yeah. I don't even remember, Riley. You you go to Baylor. You should, uh, you know, you're smart. So <laughs> we're not. So whatever. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for the the voicemail, and uh, you can join Riley. <laughs> yeah, and call us and harass us, correct us All whenever want, we make mistakes. I'm sure there are. I mean, you could make a list of corrections. Oh on yeah, each one, yeah. So. I mean. And, and by the way, disclaimer here, we don't claim to know everything. <laughs> well, I do. David does it, but I, I claim to know most things anyway. <laughs> it's like, oh, I read that in a book or whatever. So I was going to say, okay, right. whatever. I didn't, it's not, not me. I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah, so man, that voicemail line, if you want to call, is 972-885-7270. I thought that was Brendan. 
Did you really? I really did. <laughs> the way you thought it is theatrical. Anyways, go. Yeah. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> I'm in heaven. Alright. And my heart beats so that oh, I can hardly Sing it, buddy. Sing it, buddy. And I sing. He, he definitely has the chops, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> when we're out, out together dancing cheek to cheek. Woo. So what's our topic? <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, no, no. Heaven. 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 What is heaven? Or where is heaven? Or when? Or when is heaven? Or how? Or does it exist uh, at I, all? I don't know. I, I've always thought... Is it for real? <laughs> is, is it the goal of a Christian to go there? Yes. yes. I've always thought that heaven was in Colorado. Oh yeah, on, okay. the, on the on the on the you know <laughs> snow slopes with the ski bunnies. Oh, it's like, like a John Denver song. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Rocky Mountain High, heaven. <laughs> you know, uh, on the flip side, hell. I, Jim Carrey says that <laughs> maybe hell doesn't exist. Maybe hell is just listening to your grandparents breathe through their noses while eating sandwiches <laughs> for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> but. Today, we are not talking about hell. We are talking about the antithesis, heaven. heaven. That's right. What is heaven? So, um, the best thing to do is to start with what heaven is not, right? Okay. Um, so, whenever I say heaven, what do you think of, David? Uh, little fat babies with wings flying around with harps in their hands. Right. So what happens is you die, you, you gump, jump up, and all of a sudden you're in a white robe. In the clouds. In the clouds. You're yeah. walking on clouds. Somehow clouds actually have substance that can hold you now. <laughs> and uh, so you're walking on the clouds, and you walk up, and what do you see? St. Peter. That's right. At the gate. With a clipboard. Yes. <laughs> and the gate is beautiful, and it's shining in gold, and he, he asks for your name. And you give it to him, and he says, well, you're not a Catholic, and then you go to hell. <laughs> no, that's not right. Uh, so you give him his name, and he says, all right, you've done great. Your good outweighs your bad, so come, come on in. in. That's man. right. And then you're fitted for wings. That's right. And then you get a beautiful golden halo and a harp <laughs> and your own cloud. And for the rest <laughs> of existence... You look down on your loved ones. That's right. On earth. Playing the harp. <laughs> Praying and, and enjoying. Where did we get this? I, I, You know what? You've got me. Actually, I think it comes from tons. Isn't that in Jude chapter 2? Yeah, somewhere in that. Okay. <laughs> Jude chapter 2. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> she got me there. No, um... You know, I think it comes from tons of misunderstanding, media, books, 
uh, people just filling in what they think going in the gaps. has to be. Yeah, because yeah. heaven's up there and hell's down there. So what would heaven look like up there? Well, there's got to be clouds. There's got to be angels flapping their wings because mm-hmm. angels are in heaven. And so you must become an angel, right? Right, so right. When you die, you know, and you hear it in popular <laughs> songs all the time. When I get to heaven, I'm going to pour out the rain with God. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to fly and play songs on my harp and, and all this. And it's actually perpetuated. Most people, I believe, believe more about the myth of heaven than they do the reality of what heaven actually is in today's society. It's kind of mm. scary. In the same way, people believe the myth about hell more than they believe what, you know. And again, this is an essential doctrine, by the way, so we don't know essentially <laughs> what's going to happen. But it's fun to speculate and fun to look at scripture when it talks about heaven. And I know for a fact that I heaven is not going to be a place where you sit up and play a harp all day. Right. That's not going to be heaven. So, what is it going to look like? What's going to happen? Um, the best things to discuss are the reality that heaven is an actual place, an actual location. Okay. Um, and it's designed by God with people in mind. Right? Right. So, it's an actual... A mansion. A mansion. Well... <laughs> You have Jesus saying, I go to prepare a place for you and I will come back again that where I uh, where I am, you may be also. John 14, right? That's right. So we know that heaven is actually a place that Jesus has gone there beforehand. Right. Is right there preparing the place for us. Um, this is a beautiful Jewish metaphor. Um, if you know anything about uh, <clears throat> Jewish culture, uh, the bride... Mm, would be won over by the bridegroom. In other words, um, they would make the deal that the bride would marry the bridegroom, and then the bridegroom would go to his father's house. Correct. And then he would build a wing onto his father's house where he and his bride would stay. You see, um, Jewish families stayed together. They didn't go off and build their own houses and stay in their own place. They actually stayed together on big So, wait a minute. What about leave and cleave? <laughs> well, that's a <laughs> well. It's go spir- ahead. It's a spiritual thing. Exactly, it's a spiritual thing. Right. They did leave spiritually <clears throat> and cleave, but physically they stayed with the family. Right. And so this is the metaphor that that, that Jesus is using. In other words, church, which is his bride. I am leaving, and I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And this place is called heaven. And then I'm going to come and receive you back to myself. It's it's a beautiful picture of a bride being received by her husband. Right, right. And 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 uh, it, just a side note on Jesus's comment about in my Father's house there are many mansions, and I go to prepare. That word mansions is a is you know we talked about translations last go around. Right. That was a poor choice of word. To translate from uh, "mone," the the Greek word that Jesus chose to use, actually means living abode, like the place where you live, dwelling place, your dwelling place. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean like when we hear the word "mansion" today, <laughs> we think it's going to be like Bill Beverly Gates. Hills. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> My mansion's going to be bigger than your mansion. Yeah, I'm going to get me a golden Ferrari in heaven. That's right. We're going to live on Gold Street and yeah, have but, gold mansions oh, and have gold man. Ferrari. And, you know, we were just talking before the show about uh, some of the old hymns that just drive me crazy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there's, because they're so, uh, some of them are just, they were written in the in the time of uh, Great Depression. Sure. So everyone was suffering. 
And so they wrote all this... So depressing. So depressing. Like those... <laughs> songs. <laughs> so, so but this song... Um, how was it called? I've Got a Mansion yeah. uh, Over the Hilltop is, is the name of the song. And that song drives me crazy because it's like... <laughs> I'm just a pilgrim. You know, he's, he's saying... Uh, uh, he's just a weary pilgrim and all this. And, and he wants um, a, a little, he says, okay, on this, I got a little silver and a little gold, but someday where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one that's silver lined. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That is not what I want. I want to be with Jesus. I don't care if it's in the lowliest place right. available. Right. I want to be with him. And right. that is the goal of a Christian. Right. Heaven is just a great place we can spend time together. Exactly. <laughs> and and that is actually the focus of John 14, 2 and 3. Right. It has nothing to do with the dwelling place. Jesus is saying that where I am, there, there you, you may, may be, be also. also. And that's the whole focus. So heaven is actually... Where God is. Right. So regardless of all the trappings. Exactly. That it's, it's, those are just, those are just fun to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> the, the great thing is the resident of the, of the home. Which is God incarnate. <laughs> right. And not only that, heaven, heaven is a city. We've heard, we read in scripture that heaven is a city, but not only is heaven a city, it's also, it's kind of like a country. So there's the city and there's, the country of heaven. And one day, um, now, uh, we don't want to go deep into eschatology here, but we know right. that one day uh, there will be a new heaven and new earth. And basically heaven will be brought to earth and the city of heaven will be dwelling on earth. Or is that a metaphor? Well, <laughs> that's a good question, so no, David. I'm just, I'm just playing. What do with you it. think? Well, I'm just playing with you because of the whole eschatology. Oh yeah, <laughs> because we're talking Revelation. That's where we you, are. Where you got that? There's a ton of metaphor there. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Revelation 21, one and two. Um, Revelation six, two through eight, and nineteen eleven speak of this. Uh, that there's going to be a new earth, of the heavenly city brought down and relocation, be vastly improved form of the present earth. We'll have much in common with it, like. Uh, light, water, trees, and fruit, people, animals. Right. And it'll be an eternal dwelling place, perfect, perfected. Um, so there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Now, does that mean it's going to come here to this physical earth we're on right now? Because the Bible also says that our physical earth right here is going to be burned up and destroyed. Yeah, so who knows whether, because like we talked about earlier, the flood destroyed the earth. Right. But we're still here. So could it be the same type of thing in the future? Right. That, uh, that you know. But And there are theories all over this place. And our, and our goal here <laughs> is not to get in a camp about, you know, uh, this is what we believe yeah, where, it, where heaven It has to be is. literal in this way or not literal right. in that because, way. Because, I mean, if you take it to the nth degree, heaven is a cube. That's <laughs> Actually, I think it's a pyramid. Yeah. You know, we've had David and I have had this discussion. He thinks that heaven's a pyramid. I believe it's a cube because we have the exact <laughs> dimensions of heaven. Where is that? Do you have that? That's in Revelation 21. Yeah, Revelation 21, where, where it gives the exact dimensions of the yeah, city yeah. of heaven. But it says that its height is the same as its width. width and it's, so it's, so uh, a pyramid still fits that. 
Doesn't say the walls of it are See, that I high. disagree with the oh <laughs> the height of it. Dude, you just blew my mind. So so the height is the same as the width. Right. Doesn't mean the walls. Doesn't all mean the way there's up. walls that go up the side that high. Oh, I get and, you. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Right. And a pyramid has a chief store cornerstone at the top. Right. It's the chief one. It touches all the sides. Huh. That's a good that's a good analogy. So we solved it. Heaven's totally. a pyramid, dude. Heaven is a pyramid. <laughs> Literally. No. We don't know. Here's what we know for sure. Heaven is a real place, a tangible place where God will dwell and where we will dwell eternally, those who trust in him as, as Savior and Lord. Right. We'll dwell eternally. That's what we know. now. With a golden street that's clear. Exactly. Uh, well, there's a lot of speculation about the actual place. Um, according to Randy Alcorn, and I, I'm using Randy Alcorn for a lot of stuff because I, I think he studied this more than most other scholars uh, in our in our. Uh, uh, Christianum right now uh, yeah. that's alive and contemporary he writes a book called Heaven really good book to go out and get you don't have to agree with everything in it you don't have to disagree with everything in it but it's a really interesting book yeah. I don't agree with everything in it but most of it is very tangible um, so he describes Heaven as both a country Wait a minute, is this the Heaven is for real book? no it is not Heaven is for real we'll get to that in a second <laughs> <laughs> he describes heaven as both a country in Luke nineteen twelve, Hebrews eleven uh, fourteen. Turn to Hebrews eleven fourteen through sixteen real quick. Uh, you want it in the, in the King James? Yeah, go ahead. For they that say such things, am I in the right verse? Yes. yes. Okay. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out. They might have had opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. So he describes it as both a country and a city. Hebrews eleven sixteen says city, and then 15 says country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look at 12, 20. Wait a minute, Jeremiah. Yes. Is a country a city? I don't think so. No, a country is not a city, and you are absolutely correct. But let me describe to you Rome. Okay. Rome has a, a city in it. That's true. Rome is a city. Vatican City. Oh, inside of it. That's right. Right. Okay. Called Vatican I'm City. And Vatican City is a city. It's a city of a but city. But it's also a state. <laughs> right? A country. It. Right. So what what he's describing here is it could be that heaven has is a state. And then heaven, the city, is mm-hmm. in heaven, the state. And heaven, the state, actually expands out through the whole world. Gotcha. Uh, in the new heaven, new mm-hmm. earth theory here. So you have heaven is a city that's going to come and sit directly upon Jerusalem. Right, <laughs> right. And become the new city of Jerusalem or heaven where God's throne is going to be, um, where the temple is going to be, and God is going to sit on his throne there. And then it spreads out throughout the world. Um, that's, well, so a country could also be um, more of a state, like for example, kingdom. Right. So kingdom. we're dealing with God. Oftentimes in the scriptures, we're dealing with the kingdom of heaven is likened to this. Right. Well, he's referring to not heaven, the locale. Right. He's referring to heaven, the kingdom. Exactly. The, the God's realm. 
Right. That that he is over. Where God dwells and rules over. His kingdom is heaven and it lasts forever. And so we will dwell, if not in that city, in the kingdom. So right, before you said you got a kingdom may contain cities. That's right. So but but it's all right. under God's Right. So hopefully I will In live my father's house are many mansions. There are many mones. <laughs> That's right. So hopefully I will be living in New Dallas in Kingdom of Heaven, right? And Heaven will be my capital. Anyways. And the Cowboys will always win? Yes, always. (laughs) And I will never cease having pork ribs, ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. No. Okay. Um, heaven is also described as a great a place of great beauty. Right. Um, whether that's spiritual, physical, it's it is uh, described as such. It has natural created beauty in architecture, streets of gold, buildings of pearl and emerald, precious stones. That's all yeah. described in Revelations twenty one. And it's not to say that it's physical gold. No. Because actually, we don't know of any gold that's transparent. That's it right. It talks about it being so pure, it's transparent. transparent. So uh, we don't know of gold like that. Uh, the gates are made from a single pearl. Pearly gates. Can you imagine <laughs> the size of the clam that gave that thing up? <laughs> and who's going to be the one that chucks that clam? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so, so... the. So let's not get hung up on right. on on being too literal about because what he's doing is he's trying to give us an understanding of something that is undescribable. Exactly. And that's I think a lot of what we deal with, with with the revelation is there are things in there so uh, too wonderful to put into words. Sure. And so what he's doing is he's using the best thing he can relate to exactly and say wow i saw no the gate was so big and i saw no actual division in it it was one single thing yeah and it was it shined like it was shine like a pearl and so yeah. um I, I think that that sometimes we get hung up on this heavenly mansion junk oh absolutely and i say junk because it leads to this idea that heaven's not about greed it's not about trying to we get, get everything. It's not about getting the gold one, that silver line. Right. It's it's about um, beauty that comes from the Father, right? Who who and and His Son who sits on the throne. And this can go back to our our motive again. What is man's chief goal? Some people say it's heaven, and no, I no, totally no. disagree. I with do it. too. It's, heaven is not the goal of a Christian. That's right. If you're going to, to church to to go to heaven, or you're trying to be a good person to go to heaven totally messed up theology the glory of god is the chief end of man i believe Mm -hmm. that solely and and so uh love love loving god and loving others which is reconciling with the creator of the universe is the goal and so if you want to say in one respect in only one respect heaven can be a goal is that we get to be with him Forever. Mm-hmm. It's not about the mansion or the cars or whatever. Right. It's about dwelling with the Almighty for and the rest of the Think about what Adam had world. in yeah. the garden. Amen. Okay, now, there's no mansions mentioned. No. There's nothing like that, but it was paradise. We were naked. <laughs> That's right. And it didn't care. And unashamed. Didn't matter. That's right. Nobody was wearing Louis Vuitton or Gucci. <laughs> totally naked, none, not caring. None of it mattered. What mattered was it was a place of beauty. Right. Where God chose to exist with man 
regularly. And that is what we're trying to get back to. We lost that. Amen. And Jesus gave us a bridge Amen. back to, to that. So back to the reality is, is that heaven is a beauty of undescribability, but but John does his best to describe it here. He yeah. he does talk about the pearly gates and he, he describes them as always being open. In other words, there's no reason to close them because there's going to be no danger in yeah. heaven. We're Moth and rust don't corrupt. Exactly. We have all, all, all these scriptures that talk about the. There's no decay. There's no. There's 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 no tears. Right. All tears will be wiped away. Um, and so like no, the thief doesn't break through and steal. Right. <laughs> so you don't need to lock the door. <laughs> right. Um. So that that brings up a next question. Okay. Well, if that's the case, it sounds pretty boring. What are we going to do in heaven? Ah. Are we going to get a harp and sit on a cloud and play? Well, or let's look at, just for a second, where some of that comes from. Yeah. Okay, once again, a lot of this this imagery that we get comes from the Revelation. Sure. And uh, because I've, I've got my, my King James open here, I'm going I'm, I'm to go ahead and read from the King James because a lot of our ideas come from the King James. That's right. Because uh, it's been it worded was, this way for so long. It was the only translation we had for so long. Right. So... Um, so here we, we're talking about God's throne in Revelation 4, which still be the question, is that, is God's throne... Physical? Well, is it physical, but is it the final re, final uh, place where we go? Right, that's Cause, true. Because the, the city, the New Jerusalem, doesn't come down until the end of the, the end. Revelation. That's right. So does that mean Revelation is linear or is it nonlinear? <laughs> There's all these these You're cool things. You're getting so many questions. Yeah. So okay. Well, in Roman or Romans in Revelation four, mm-hmm. we get a description of God's throne, and uh, he says there in verse five. I'm going to read through uh, the end of the chapter. <clears throat> he says, "And out of the throne proceeded lightnings." And uh, hang on, let's back up just a little bit. Let's start with uh, verse four because this gives us a little bit of idea about whether or not we're there or not. Sure. Okay. So, and around about the throne were four and 20 seats. And upon the seats, I saw four and 20 elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, uh, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. <laughs> That's creepy, by Ooh. the way. <laughs> and the first beast was like a lion. The second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Are they cherubim? Uh, or seraphim, as seraphim, referred to sorry. in Isaiah seraphim. chapter 6. Does talk about I always it. get cherub and seraphim. <laughs> all, so the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, there's all kinds of questions about this. <laughs> 
<laughs> how much of this is physical, how much of it's you know spiritualized, or right. how much of it is metaphor. Also, there's 24 guys sitting around this throne, and often many theologians equate this to the saved. Right. Now, why it's 24 specifically, uh, if you're into eschatology and you know that answer or whatever, chime in, let us know. <laughs> Give us a voicemail. <laughs> Come on, Riley, figure but, it out. <laughs> but I hear a lot of people referring to the four and twenty elders as the saved. Okay, yeah. so at this point, we're not in the city of gold. We're sitting around the throne, and we've been given crowns. And this is part of the reason why people say this is the saved, because previously in in uh, Paul's writings, we do have mention of receiving crown. Right. Right. So here, these people have received crowns. They're sitting around the throne of God, but instead of enjoying their golden crown and dancing around like crazy We have people, a crown. Yeah, I got a crown. <laughs> instead of doing that, what are they doing? They're, casting it. They're casting it. They're throwing it down at the feet of the one who's there. Why? Because he is special. That's right. He is what is. He's the focus. He is worth more than a million crowns, 10 million crowns, That's right. a billion crowns, whatever. The crown is just a symbol. It doesn't. Its value is is nothing compared to the throne of God. That's so they're right. throwing it down and they're worshiping Him all day long, saying, "Holy, holy, holy! You are worthy. Right. You are because you created heaven and earth Amen. and everything that dwells in it." So, uh, so the question is: If this is us, is this how we're spending our day? <laughs> and and you might go, "Oh, I hope not. I don't want to spend my whole life singing songs and going to church." But I don't think if that's your thinking, you don't realize how great God is. That's right. You don't realize what it's going to be like. When when we behold him as he is, that's all we're going to want to do. Right. Right. And and that's one thing I think that we've been missing as a whole. And while we're focused on mansions and while we're focused on all this junk is because we're not understanding who we're dealing with. Right. We're not understanding how glorious this is going to be. You know, Mercy Me did the song, I Can Only Imagine. Yeah. And, of course, that song's overplayed and everyone oh, knows yeah. it. But, but, the, but the thing that is, it has some really good, meaningful thought about what it's going to be like when you come into the presence of God. Surrounded by your glory. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Yeah. That's what he says. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to dance and sing. I don't know if I'm going to fall down and be unable to move. But we see through Scripture that these guys here, right. if this is us or if this is some a, a portion of us or if this is somebody else, whoever this is, we see their reaction to the throne. Sure. We see their reaction to God's presence. Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, he sees this vision. He sees the seraphim. He sees the throne. He sees all this. And what's his reaction? I'm not worthy to be here. Yeah. That's Dude, right. I'm a sinner. Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I yes. dwell among the people of I'm unclean gonna, lips. He's going to strike me down. He remembers what happened to Nadab and Abihu when they came <laughs> into God's presence That's unclean. Right. They got struck down. So That's he's right. like, well, I'm not going to come into this room because I'm unclean. Amen. And the seraphim Amen. said, don't worry. I will cleanse you. I'll right. make you clean. So, you know, I I can't even imagine. <laughs> In the words of mercy me, I can't imagine That's what right. it's going to be like. Now, uh... And all this to say, heaven is not going to be a boring place. Um, it's, it can't be. There's there no way. There is going to be no 
concept of boring. I don't believe there's going to be a concept really of time. Right. So <laughs> boring is associated with time. That's I right. Think. I don't know how to spend my time. Exactly. There's there's Too no much concept time on my of time. Hands. It's just all. And <clears throat> I, I do believe that in some aspects we will serve God. Now, whether that is uh, 24-7 around his throne worshiping, which is service mm-hmm. to God, or uh, not passive active uh like doing responsibilities, going here, there, wherever, um, I believe will serve God. But I believe that the fundamental thing that we can come down to is the reality that heaven is going to be a place where there's going to be uh, no more frustration, Mm -hmm. rest for the weary, and it will be a place of complete and utter fulfillment. Now, if we say it's a place of complete and utter fulfillment, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God. Mm-hmm. So how are we most fulfilled? By glorifying God. Right. So what you've just described is the chief end of man in, in all of its right. form and fashion, which is glorifying God. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so, and so, you know, one of the things that, and, and I think you've got it on your little list there, yeah. but the thing that, um, that often comes up is... Um, Am I going to know people in heaven? Am I going to? Oh, re- yeah. Am I going to recognize friends and family? Yeah. Am I going to um, remember this earth? Am I going to? Um, am, am I going to have my marriage? Right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, about right. my wife, and what, you know, just like the Sadducees are asking Jesus, sure. this dude was married to seven women. So which ones? Is, <laughs> which one does he get? Or, <laughs> or vice versa? Which guy which, owns the which, woman? Which guy in owns the woman? Because she was married to seven guys. <laughs> That's right. And you know, they have this picture of ownership, by the way, of women. <laughs> and anyways, so yeah, that's a whole other topic. All this thing about relationships, and oh, yeah. it ties into this idea: there'll be no tears. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, so uh, are we going to be... Because let's say one of our loved ones doesn't show. Are we going to be sad or whatever? (laughs) So what's your take on that, Jeremiah? Well, uh, what if basically um, are we going to recognize, will we know each other? Um, I believe that we we definitely will recognize each other each other and know mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. uh because um let me let me see where i was at um i made you lose your place in your notes. you did <laughs> <laughs> all right heaven will and this is what alcorn says I, I like how alcorn puts it he puts it in four points pretty easily okay heaven will not reduce our mental capacities but sharpen them first off all first right, corinthians I'm, 13 12 Okay, I can go with that. In other words, we will not be dumber in heaven, but smarter. Scripture gives no indication of a memory wipe that will cause us not (laughs) to recognize our loved ones and others we've known. If we didn't know our loved ones, the consolation of the afterlife reunion in 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 18 would be non-existent. So let's go 1 Thessalonians 4, Yeah, that's one of my was thinking of, actually. While uh, while he's looking that up, Matthew seventeen one through four, the transfiguration, mm-hmm. they recognize each other. Moses, Elijah, oh that's right, Jesus recognize each other. Uh, and obviously, s- and strangely enough, so did the uh, apostles. Apostles knew exactly who they were. Mm-hmm. That's Moses. That's Elijah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so I got. I, 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 it's take me a while because I switched Bibles. No I'm in problem. The, I'm in the NET. So First uh, Thessalonians four, mm-hmm. uh, beginning in verse. 13. 13. It says, Now we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, 
about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so also we believe that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep as Christians. For we tell you this by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not go ahead of those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout of command and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be suddenly caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Right. Okay, so he's addressing a concern they had. Right. That... People have died, their, their loved ones had died and missed Jesus' second coming. Yeah. And they their theology was confused in thinking, Jesus is coming back any day and we're going to go to heaven with him. Oh no, our, my mom just died. Oh no, my sister just right. died, whatever. And they missed their shot yeah. of going they to heaven. Going to heaven. And, and he's trying to say, don't be confused. Don't worry about those who have died and don't worry about those because they'll be resurrected and you'll meet them in on the way. Right. So they're going to come out of the grave. You're going to go with them. Right. Up to, so. Exactly. So basically this infers and implies that we will definitely recognize each other mm-hmm. uh, when we meet him in the skies and go to our yeah. eternal wrestling place. Wherever that's at. Exactly. Now, um, also, if we point out Jesus after the resurrection, mm-hmm. the disciples know him. They, not always. <laughs> not at first, but they always came to a knowledge and a realization. Now, Jesus was in the prototype body, we could call it, the first, <laughs> the resurrection, first resurrected body. The, the first resurrected heavenly body, mm-hmm. um, which which also brings to light another point. We will be both physical and spiritual in the new heaven. Right. Um, he says flesh and blood cannot inherit uh, heaven, but right. he is some sort of physical nature because he would eat Thomas would yeah he would eat and Thomas touched him Thomas exactly. felt he saw the scars so there's some remnant of the existing right. body of the previous body involved so oh that, and that's a whole new study of oh the, yeah the, so there's going to be physical basically what we're saying is that there is going to be physicality in heaven of some yeah, sort not just a bunch of spirits that's right around. we're not going to be a whole bunch of ghosts floating <laughs> around uh, we, we're going to have tangible uh, glorified bodies as is what we use the term for. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we're going to know each other. Now, as far as the marriage stuff is concerned, Jesus says uh, to the Sadducees, to the Sadducees uh, you asked wrongly because you don't know for, for we're neither given in marriage nor uh, taken. In other words, marriage is not going to be a Those factor. Those type of relationships Those type of relationships gonna aren't going to be in there. But the reality is we are going to know each other. And again, we have to look at the focal point of heaven. So, okay. So let's, yeah, let's discuss that just for a second. So, sure. okay. Um, I, I, one, one of the ways I've been trying to get it straight in my mind is, because um, that's unfathomable to, to some people. So it's like, okay, I'm going to be in in heaven if my wife isn't there it's going to be worthless okay that's what that's how some people will right. will view that however we're missing out on the understanding of a couple of things one what Jesus what it's going to be like to be with him and i think that will outweigh any relationship that you've ever had secondly 
there's a, there is a, another type of relationship that that we are supposed to have right now. Right. And heaven will amplify that. And right. that is, what did Jesus pray right before he left? That they would be one. That they would be one as you as you and I are one. Now right. remember how close Jesus and God are. They're two the same of the person. same person. Yeah. Okay, so he's praying. I want the body of Christ. I want my followers, those who believe, to be one and to be united. That's more than just agreeing with one another and saying, hey, yeah, I agree with what you said. We can be friends. <laughs> that day doesn't work that way. Right. We're talking about a close bond that I believe when it's glorified, I will be as close to you as I am to anybody. And and same way, I mean, there will be no specialized relationships because I will love everyone in the exact same manner. Yeah. So it'll be a complete glorification of our love and fulfillment of our love. It'll be completely perfected. And so we will all enjoy each other's presence as much as you enjoy your wives or your husbands or your sons or your fathers. Those specialized relationships will sort of pass away, not as a sad thing, but it'll be lifted yeah. to a higher level that you will now share with everybody. Right. And if we think about this for a, a second, whenever you were in kindergarten, you know, or a little bitty kid, you had relationships that probably aren't there anymore. Right. Right. I mean, you had classmates that you loved, that you were friends with, all this sort of thing. And if someone had told you, 20 years from now, 30 years from Little now. Little Billy won't be there anymore. You're not going to even know him anymore. <laughs> you would start crying yeah. and freaking out. No, I, I can't live without him or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, you would think that your world was coming apart if someone ever told you that. But now, 20, 30 years later, you're an adult. You're looking back on your kindergarten age. Right. You're not overly sad that you've lost that relationship. You right. look back, you enjoy what you had, et cetera, et cetera, and that's just 20 or 30 years of life on earth. Yeah. Imagine what the difference is going to be between that and eternity. Right. With God. Right. Wow. Which is, it's, it's not going to compare. It's not even close. It, the reality is that we can't, we, we can try as much as we can to relate heaven in earthly terms, but it surpasses earthly terms. Right. And earthly relationships. And earthly relationships. Earthly love. Exactly. We we don't get get the fact that our love is going to be perfected with one another. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna it's gonna be unlike any other love we've ever experienced. I think I love my grandpa right now. Right. I know my grandpa's in heaven and I know one day I'm gonna see him. And when I get there, man, it's gonna be a totally different relationship of love I'm gonna love your grandpa as much as you do. Exactly. And together <laughs> and then both of us turning and looking at the father. And, and and the thing that is so hard for us to get our heads around that because we are so close to people in yeah. this life and we don't know of a greater love. Right. Because we haven't really embraced it yet. Right. But I, I believe that once we do, it will it will grow and overshadow right. what we have here. So I don't think that uh, yes, you will be sad to if you lived like you live here on earth. Sure. So if so if you know that you were missing a loved one when you got to heaven, if you had the same mentality you got now, well, and that you brings be up, sad. Right. But you won't have that mentality right. anymore. Well, that brings up another question. Um, will we remember everything that happened on earth 
when we get to heaven because you know the bible specifically says there's no no more tears right uh there's perfect peace and happiness and and uh no no hurting or suffering but i mean there's a lot of suffering that's going on down mm-hmm. here there's a lot of pain and hurt you know losing loved ones uh that the car wreck that you know happens or you know the the death the sudden sudden death or illness or you know just pain and affliction well if there's no more tears and no more hurting then then we shouldn't remember everything that happened down here right mm-hmm. well and i think that that also joy can be had from knowing that's where i was and this is where i am exactly uh, basically what we're saying is yes we will remember Mm-hmm. everything I believe I don't think that we won't we'll just be in a higher state of understanding in 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 the remembrance when we get there we we be we we become more knowledgeable about the glory of God in our suffering right now today we can say brother God is getting glory from you, the suffering that you're going through and that's hard for people to take man it is it's difficult because you can't see past where we're at. We're, we are short-sighted people. Right. I mean, that's just a part of our flawed nature yeah. is that we are nearsighted. Yeah. And we can't see. Okay, so let's. that brings me into an, another uh, thought about heaven. We talked about um, time. Does time exist in heaven? So what does uh, Mr. Alcorn there have to say about time t- th- that because and we must uh because well that's one of the things that that um um i'm wondering about because we got eternity right so sure. is that isn't that just a lot of years put together <laughs> that's gotta be a lot of years put together hold on real quick well the, the amazing grace song tells us when we've been there ten thousand years. years bright shining is the sun <laughs> oh, okay Sorry, I'm working with a new app. Give me a second. Okay, so I so I'll throw my two bits in. On yes, that go ahead. Bit. Okay, so first off, um, from a scientific standpoint, uh, like our good fella Lincoln von Schnupenhausen, <laughs> <laughs> um, we look at time, and time is linear progression of events. That's right. Okay, so. Time is actually a dimension in which we live in. Where there are three dimensions we move in, like uh, uh, forward, back, up, and down. Right. Th- that's three dimensions right there. Sure. However, there's a fourth dimension that we can move one direction in, and that is time. We right. can only move forward right now. We can't move back, and um, we can't look forward. Right. We can look back. So there's this restriction of movement yeah. in this dimension. And if of, anybody of, ever figures this out, we can build a time machine. Right. So, <laughs> so, you know, Einstein, way back in the day, theorized that time was relevant to... Relative. Yes, sorry. Relative to, <laughs> um, to things that we measure here, right. like speed and gravity yeah. and things of this nature. So his theory of relativity brings all that into play. I mean, like everyone knows right. E equals MC squared, right? What right. does that mean? Energy equals mass, mass. times the speed of light squared. Right. So uh, this is uh, part of his whole theory. So some of his theory is starting to be shown correct. There is some uh, elements of time that we have proven to be tied to gravity and uh, speed. Right. So, for example, uh, 
they have set atomic clocks on different parts of the world. Uh, there's one in Colorado. There's one in Greenwich. Um, Greenwich, um, England. Yeah, wherever. <laughs> Over there in Europe, <laughs> or Scotland, or someplace like so that. So they have these atomic clocks right there. Sure. Now the elevation is different. Yeah. In those places, and so the one that's higher elevation in Colorado actually is not in sync. Right. After so long, because of its elevation, the gravity is different. The speed of it's different. Speed of the movement of the Earth and everything right. is different. So those microns, it's just microns of differences, but there's differences. And uh, people have been able to also measure differences in, in speed right. that, that does things with time. Well, now what, what uh, Einstein theorized is that if you could travel at the speed of light, time would bend. So, so it would warp. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you would go into you know, a warp. Mm-hmm. So the astronaut theory, the astronaut, the twin theory is that you got two twins. One of them is an astronaut, and he gets in a, in a uh, rocket ship and goes the speed of light for so far out, and then he turns around and comes back. He's gone for five minutes. Right. When he comes back, a hundred years have passed right. on the Earth. And so how is that? That's because time, time was, relative. Rele- was relative to his speed and his gravity versus the speed and gravity here on the Earth. Right. So with that being said... It's part of creation. Time is part of the creation. Right. God created time. Of Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. So time is and space. Time. Right. It's it's something that that is part of creation. Now, does that mean uh, is God bound by gravity? No. Is he bound by um, the speed? No. No. So why would he be bound by time? Right. And so God lives outside of our space-time continuum. continuum in a Star Trek term. There. <laughs> <laughs> There's a temporal flux and an anomaly occurs. <laughs> we are so nerds. Anyways. So, so anyway, the, the, the idea is, okay, if, if we take this into a, a way we can understand it, a parade yeah. is going through uh, town. Now, and let's say you're sitting in, and this is happening in New York City, you're at the Macy's Day Parade. You're sitting there on the corner of, of, of right there at Macy's and you're watching it happen. I want some candy. Okay. I'm setting the scene. Sorry. Go okay. Ahead. So you can see the first of the, the first float. Yeah. And then you have to watch it as it goes by. You right. can't see the end float yet. No. You can't see what's ha- what's coming in the future. Right. All you can see is what's happening it's now linear. as mm-hmm. it goes past you. Right. So that's how we live right now. However, right. if you're up in the Empire State Building looking down sure. on, on this parade, you see you see everything. You see the front. You see the back. Sure. You see everything in between. Right. So this is God's view. God is looking down on time, right. and he can see it all in a linear fashion. Sure. So let's, it's a tabletop theory. Yeah, and so if you're in this Empire State Building and you base jump with a parachute, you can choose to land anywhere in the time you you want anywhere right. in the parade you want god has done this he reached right. down into time into and touched the timeline right where he needed to, to imagine yeah god sitting on you know sitting at a table and on the table is the timeline and he mm-hmm. can look and go all right i want to mess up there i want to mess here <laughs> right. i want to mess over here he he invented it so he can and he this, can and this is how him. he has planned and, and uh, uh predestined for foreknowledge all that stuff all those scriptures that talk about that this is how all that works because he's outside of the, of time, right. right? So the question becomes: Would not would we not go outside of time as well when we leave this earth? 
And I, I uh, so the question is, do we leave the earth? Exactly. <laughs> that right. goes back to that. But well, if we look at Scripture, Revelations two and three, and Luke nine twenty three, seem to Im- indicate things in heaven happening in time. Mm-hmm. But what we have to understand is that again, these are things of heaven trying. We're to trying be to understand played or understood in in our own vernacular in our own understanding. So, for instance, there's a period of silence. Uh, for the martyrs, mm-hmm. right? That happens, and it's like for half an hour is was described in heaven. Right. Of course, we also hear that a thousand years is to a day, and a day <laughs> is to a thousand years. Right. So, what does that mean? So, we'll divide that by you know eggs mm-hmm. and carry the three or whatever. No, what that simply means is what we're trying to understand is uh, a description of of heaven. Is, is brought down to our our own thought process. And listen, on this earth, we're always going to deal with time. Time is, you know, uh, a fact of life, just like mm. gravity is a fact of life. Now, do we argue about whether or not we're going to fly or anything in heaven? Not really, <laughs> but we argue about this this time thing. Well, won't we have wings and harps, man? <laughs> we will, that's right. That's another thing. We are not going to be angels, <laughs> In heaven. <laughs> right. There's no scripture for that. No scripture backs that up whatsoever. And it's amazing how we've we've gotten that. So anyways, um, but Alcorn argues that he thinks there is. I, I, uh, I'm more of the understanding, and this is actually, it can relate to the whole concept of soul sleep right. as well. Um, there, I, I think that is tied to time. Exactly. There are some proponents of soul sleep, and soul sleep is the argument that when a person dies... He his soul goes into a period of sleep mm-hmm. until the second coming of Christ. And we just read First Thessalonians four. That's one of the basis of this, of this idea. That's right. Uh, if you if you the scholar E. W. Bullinger mm-hmm. wrote a whole thing about soul sleep. That he's he's definitely a proponent of that. Right. Doesn't believe that you die and you immediately go into heaven. Like you know uh, is another common theory. Right. So. Um, so based on First Thessalonians 4, he's saying it says that they are asleep and they will be resurrected when Jesus comes back and then go with, right. with the rest. Now. But what about time? What about time? So, so if you're sleeping. The Bible also says this, to be absent with the bo- of the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise what what so how does that fit in it almost seems like the bible's contradicting itself not if you take it out of time (laughs) think about this your soul time warps Mm -hmm. to heaven comes out of time goes to heaven now in our linear progression yeah you're in soul sleep but outside of time you're directly at the end yeah and, and think well think about how we sleep how fast does time go by while you're sleeping? Uh, it seems like you you have no record of time That's right. you're whenever right. you're sleeping. So it completely, from your perspective, you you go to sleep at night, you wake up in the morning, no time has passed. Right. So it could be. I mean, people will come out of comas. How long was I out? Right. And it's like you've been out seven years. What? <laughs> I just you know, I remarried. <laughs> you lost everything. But, but, but you know the 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 thing is, when you're asleep, you have no concept of yeah. of time. That's right. And so you're sort of outside time. So it all kind of you know it's all relative. 
Yeah, it all blends in there. Right. Now, none of this so, we adore, uh, endorse, neither, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, uh, but, but you know, the, uh, for example, the thief on the cross and everything that Jesus says there. Well, we know that Jesus was not ascended unto his father. He told Mary, I have not ascended. ascended so father, was he in heaven the know. day after he died? Or was he in the grave three days? Huh. So what... Okay, so what I'm saying is we don't know what's happening <laughs> in this other realm. And, and to speculate is speculation. Here's another a good question. Um, will we, since you say we don't know, will we know everything when we get to heaven? There are a lot of people that say when you get to heaven, everything will be revealed. <laughs> well, if you knew everything, what, who would that make you? <laughs> I just keep thinking about another old hymn. Oh, but, yeah, you'd be God. Yeah, you'd it, be God. Right. And you're not God. Even in heaven, you're not God. So you're not right. going to know everything. Now, farther along <laughs> we... No. <laughs> you aren't going to know everything when you get to heaven. Now, you will have things revealed to you in heaven. Uh, and I can't wait. I would love to spend some time hanging out with Paul and talking about exactly yeah. what the oh, junk he met in some of these scriptures. I want to make a trip through Saturn and all the moons and all sure. that sort of thing on my way. Right. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff I want to know. Right. So, But to know everything is impossibility unless you are omnipotent. And omnipotence only comes with We have no guarantee God. of that. That's right. There's none. <laughs> um, let's see. What else can we ask about heaven? Are there any animals in heaven? Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay, well, you you said there were animals in heaven. You got a verse for that? Yeah, uh, hold on. I'm looking it up right now. I said that, and I'm not there. My, my dogs. Uh, uh, well, we have the lion will lay down with the lamb. Now, is that metaphor, or is it... <laughs> we don't know. We do have that there will be uh, horses that come down that we'll ride on whenever we're fighting right. the if Battle that, of Armageddon. If that's not a metaphor. If that's not a metaphor, again, <laughs> we have to take metaphors. I believe that... That there will be animals in heaven. Okay. Um, I just... Uh, I never thought about it. I, I'd kind of assume there wouldn't be because they don't have souls. souls. That's how I've always That's right. thought of it. That they don't... Billy Graham, what this little girl came up to him and she said, will my dog who passed away last week be in heaven? Now, if you're Billy Graham looking at a little girl, you don't want to go, well, no, no little your girl. dog will burn in hell. That's right. Oh. You don't want to say that or your dog will be annihilated. Uh, <laughs> basically... Uh, he said, well, if it makes you happy, it will. Mm. <laughs> Which is a pretty interesting <laughs> concept. Right. So who knows? Those are things that we can't mm-hmm. know. And, getting- well, and the thing is, what does Scripture say? Scripture is very short limited on this we don't we don't we don't know based That's on the right. scripture everything we're talking about here is conjecture exactly <laughs> because we don't know like if if the revelation is so symbolic in this type of talk yeah that we can't be completely 100% sure that it's talking about lions right now and again we can we can speculate all day long but there are certain facts we can know, and the rest is all speculation. The facts are... And the speculations don't matter. That's right. Because what we know is so good. Exactly. The facts are, heaven exists. It's going to be completely mind-blowing. We're not going to even comprehend how awesomely awesome heaven is. It's going to be where God is, and we can dwell with him forever. And there's one more fact that we need to cover. Okay. The only way to heaven. Boat? Nope. Plane? Nope. Superman? Nope. Well, kind of. Through the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yes. 
through I am Christ. the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Amen. And that is it. Buddha can't get you to heaven. Muhammad can't get you to heaven as much as... Neither one of those guys died for you. That's right. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi, awesome dude. Not going to get you to heaven. Um, you know, so many others. That not going to get you to the Father. That's right. The only way to get to the Father mm-hmm. is through the Son, Jesus. And so, uh, you know... We live the perfect life. That's right. So that you can mess up and it's okay. That's right. But he gives you a righteousness that you don't have. Amen. So it's a gift. And at the same time, takes away your filthiness, your nastiness, and puts it on to his That's son. Right. So his son is, is a filter of your unrighteousness and a gift of your righteousness. That's he right. is your righteousness. He makes you positionally perfect in the eyes of God the Father. Right. Which you can never be on your own. That's right. So, that's pretty much all I got on on heaven. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So, uh, moving forward here, um, I wanted to give a shout out again to our, our brothers over at GC, GCT Network. Uh, we've got a thing out there that I want to remind some of you guys about. Uh, the website, gctnetwork.com. We post every show that we do, including the mini-sodes, right. onto that website with with show notes. We tell you, you know, if there's a reference that we mentioned, we'll throw that in there. Right. I'm sure we'll have some link to Mr. Oh, Alcorn's yeah. stuff, and I'll throw Bullinger's out there as well. Sure. So, um, but yeah, we've got all that that type of thing there. Now you can sign up at gctnetwork.com to the newsletter, which is email that goes out. So you're going to get notifications whenever there is an update to the website or anything like that. Right. So subscribe to the newsletter. It'll keep you informed as what's going on at the network with both uh, Finding Christ in Cinema and with the Theonauts. Um, also, give us some con- some feedback and give us some comments and that sort of thing. That's right. Uh, most people are listening via iTunes or, or Stitcher, uh, Stitcher Radio. So if, go on to iTunes, uh, give us some ratings some star ratings, uh, leave us some comments, whatever that type of stuff will help people hear us more. Um, and find us and find us out there in that vast worldwide web, uh, interwebs thing tweet tweet us at, at theonautical on twitter and and uh and uh talk to us via instagram and facebook at theonauts right and uh you know just leave us some feedback guys we need yeah. to hear from you also don't forget about uh holy cubed the t-shirt company that david started <laughs> up holycube.com holycube.com there's some pretty awesome t-shirts yeah. there Go oh and you can email us too Theonauts at gctnetwork.com. That's right. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks, David. Have a great one. God bless you. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I seek When we're out together dancing cheek to cheek You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission. At GCTNetwork.com